Yeah, you gotta get uh, you gotta get like some branding and shit. Get something printed. I know, I know. But, but this is literally this is you're the fourth guest on here. Really? Fourth guest. Yeah. Who'd you so, have on before? Um, B Clutch. Have you ever heard of B Clutch? I'm familiar with them. Yeah, yeah. Brand. Yeah. Um, fuck, Tommy, man. This guy had this guy had blankets popped up in here. Like, get these out. That's here. hilarious. Jesus, buddy. Fucking a. Just UFC fire. You just needed to get that back support, eh, Tom boy? <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, Tom, uh, Brain Fingers, Listy Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got a couple Strati guys uh, coming on here next week. Uh, cool. But yeah, so um, welcome back to another podcast video, whatever you want to call it. Um, if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, do your thing, comment. Uh, we're here today with Ryan Jury. Yes. Ryan Jury. Um, for anyone who doesn't know Ryan Jury, um, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> um, you know, Ryan, for me, man, like, uh, you've been a big part of my life. I feel like you've been a very big part of my life. You play, wow. <laughs> you, you have. Like, you know, you, you've kind of, you know, we got introduced, I would say, minor hockey, like Lakers. Yeah, that that was around the first time I became aware of you was when you were still with the Lakers and at when Wingham had signed you. No, Mitchell. Mitchell, Mitchell, Mitchell. Mitchell yeah, I Mitchell. always mix that up. Yeah, you were a hawk. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I was a hawk there in my 16-year-old year, and then I went to Listy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, ever since that, you know, we've kind of developed a friendship over the years. and It's been um, like seven years. It has. It's been a while. You're the type of guy that, you know, I can... You're the type of person, actually, not guy. You're the type of person that you know anyone can call on, and, and you'll you'll be there. And one of the reasons why I wanted you to be on this podcast video, whatever you want to call it, um, is that you are probably one of the most genuine persons I've ever met in my life. Wow, jeez. Starting off strong, just eh? pure butter on yeah, top, man. Yeah, starting off strong. You I feel the same way about you, man. Like we, I think that. We, we, it's no, uh, well, we cover no yetis. Well, yeah, they, well, the yetis, yeah. They, we, you know, we cover so many hockey players over the years, right? And, you know, a lot of them go on and, you know, do different stuff at different levels. And, you know, you can't stay in touch with all of them. And certain guys, you know, you, you kind of develop a relationship with. I, I can certainly say that about you. Army, Aaron Armstrong, of, uh, you know, of course. I should get him on here. You should get Army on here. What an interesting guy. Um, and an Where unbelievable. Him, well, yeah. He's a, well, he's not a hard guy to yeah. track down. You yeah. know, he's like married now and everything. Yeah. He's all grown up. But yeah. you, Lanny, yeah. Herf, all those guys, right? Particularly from that, you know, Era. Listowel team that yeah. did a lot, a lot of big things, right? But you and I, yeah, we've definitely kind of had an interesting bond more so than probably anybody else. Yeah, like we, um, you know, just to, to kind of interlude this, um, Ryan is probably one of the biggest voices of radio in the surrounding areas. Um, you know, he uh, covers a lot of sports. Um, you know, you tune into CKNX 920, there's there's Ryan on there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you, you're kind of like a you're, – you're, I would say you're a pretty polarizing figure – um, in the southwestern Ontario, you know, hemisphere. I mean, you uh, you you can't shoot yourself short here. Like you, uh, well, you developed a, a very good reputation in the sports world. I hope so. I mean, I'd like to think so. I guess you know, people keep giving me opportunities. 
to grow and do different things. Um, and that's all I ever really wanted out of this career. You know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily know what the, what the journey would look like. I knew kind of a, a couple things along the way I'd like to achieve. And so far I'm doing those things. There's still a lot more I want out of the career that I'm pursuing. You think you're on the right path? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I am. I mean, things just kind of keep working out. And I think that's probably like a good sign. Like, how do you, how do you so, um, one thing that I'm kind of realizing is that, um, you, you, you are what you make you are. And, and you, that's a great thing to say. Like you're having all these opportunities. They're, they're starting to work out because you're putting that time in. You're, you're, you're putting those years in, you're putting those days in the days you don't want to, and it's paying off. I mean, you're a young lad and, you know, off camera here, we've had conversations of you doing, you know, some of the biggest, you know, broadcasting, um, stations. Um, how would you, how would you say that stations? Yeah. Well, I mean, we in Canada, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, CKNX, like we're, we're in a small area in terms of, you know, population. It's not Toronto, but it's, here's the thing. Sorry to interrupt. No, no. Here's the thing. I had a great conversation uh, with with Mitch Dielster the other day. Um, oh my god! Yeah, Auto Twenty. Auto Twenty. Um, he said that you go to Toronto, and everyone knows everyone in Toronto. Everyone outside of Toronto, you got the Listowel area, you got the Stratford, KW, London, even way to Goderich. Everyone knows that one person, and everyone yeah. knows everyone in South South um, Western Ontario because we're so large and popular and kind of like a community, but you go to Toronto, you won't know one fucking person, but you go outside of Toronto and everyone knows everyone. It's super different. Yeah. The dynamic and it makes sense, right? Like there's all these small communities, a lot of them tied together by hockey and, and sports. So yeah, it's definitely easier to kind of keep track of everybody. Right. But yeah, like, and I mean, for me, you know, CKNX has kind of been that, that building block. It It's the second oldest radio station in Canada, like it's been around for a long, long time. Um, we're going to hit a hundred years here in a couple more years. Ooh. So, I mean, what a great place to get my foot in the door and it's been a great journey so far. And it, it was lucky to kind of get involved with the station, not only of that stature, but of that size that covers sports as heavily as we do. Like the hockey, broadcasting the junior games and how we met and everything you know, has kind of become a staple for people. Like people Junior are hockey around here is big. It's a big deal, man. Big and like, deal. and and people are really appreciative of what we're doing because, you know, depending on where you are and what junior B or certainly junior C team is in your Even area, senior A, they're senior A. They're not getting you know, the coverage that we do. Like, we'll go outside our coverage area and follow our local teams through, like, the provincial playoffs. And teams outside of our region, when we visit their buildings, are like, I can't believe you guys are doing this. Like, I wish someone was doing that here for our team. So do you guys have different coverage zones? Like, you would you go in and be like, okay, Ryan, you're going here today? Yeah. How does I, that work? So we, we basically cover all the Pollock Division teams in Junior C for the PJHL, the seven clubs. And then 
just because Listowel is, you know, the one team that's really locked into our area. Um, it's, you know, I, I think that our, you know, my boss, Steve, back when they started doing the games, made a conscious decision to kind of pick one junior B team that was right in our backyard, and that's the Cyclones. And so we follow the Cyclones everywhere, right till their last game of the season, whenever that is. And whatever team comes out of the Pollock Division in Junior C, we follow them. So, you know, like this year, for instance, we end up in Stainer. And the people in Stainer are like, I wish, you know, somebody covered our team like this. It's a really unique thing. And I think that that's kind of what makes it special and just kind of adds a layer to what's tied the fabric of that radio station into these communities. Because it's unique. It is. Like For local sure. sports coverage For is sure, disappearing, man. man. It like, is. And, you know, uh, another guest that would be great to have on is Darren Stevens. Oh, dude. Stevenson's uh, like, that dude is a grinder. And he's just a good person. And, you know, when CTV let him go, you know, and, and that's a thing that's going to happen to everybody in this industry. It, you know, it's going to get me one day. It gets everybody. You know, he he easily could have just went somewhere else, went to a different station and tried to just continue on doing news, you know, writing articles, whatever. And he didn't want to do that. He's passionate about local sports and he took a big gamble going out on his own and starting something brand new like 509 Sports, you know, us and his organization, there's nothing else like that around you know if you don't live in a big city and i mean look at kitchener waterloo where he worked even big cities they're they're cutting stuff and it's a shame but you know for the stations like ours that are keeping it going you can see how much people appreciate it for sure and i man like you you touched on the the pollock division mitchell hawks everything like that you know i can i can say this because i'm a free agent now like you gotta expand like you, you got to expand, and, and I know you might have to watch what you have to say on this, respectfully so, but, you know, my opinion, and everyone has opinion, you got to expand because, like, man, like, when I when I played out in BC, I went to – we played at the Royal Page Center, and there would be 200 fans, and it would be like, whatever. Yeah. And, and it would be like, okay, like, just a typical home game, and but there would be no coverage. There would be nothing. Which is wild because that's a really good junior A league, like really, really good. good. I I did not know what I was getting my hands into the hot water with that league, and I went in there. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like there are some fucking nice players in that league. Nice players, really, really good. You know, um, but in the same breath, like you go to a league like that, and none of it's covered. It's only covered by the BCHL or the local news, and you know, with this area being so high in demand in junior hockey, I feel like it's kind of open waters with that as well because there's so many business opportunities where you can say, okay, you know what? This station's only covering this. Well, I can go do this. You know what I mean? And kind of branch off and get everyone. Like, shout out to Sense. Um, you know, they had a great run and, you know, they took down uh, Clinton there in the finals. And, you know, there was so many people in that barn that was in that barn, but there were so many people at home too that couldn't get into it and no one was covering it. Yeah, you know what I mean? which is a shame, right? But really what it all boils down to 
in, in this industry is, is money and people, you know, I, I think we're in a weird spot right now where people don't, or they're afraid to invest in something that they don't immediately see a return on. For sure. And I think that there is going to be a breakwater point in, in broadcasting in general. You're seeing it in the NHL level. You're seeing it in the NHL level. Nick Kiprio They do gassed. a terrible job marketing their league, um, and that's why the NHL will always be the little brother until somebody else takes that league over and starts to get a little more progressive in terms of how they market their One of, one of the everything. things I wanted to bring you on is you have the most controversial opinions, and I love it. You're a very opinionated guy. I just feel rightfully the way so, I do. Like Rightfully so. You can back it up. That's the thing, is that you have a reason for everything, and that's one thing that I love about you, is that you can have a conversation about everything, and you have a reason to back it up. One of the things that Ryan and I really get along with is sports. And as much as I, I would sit down here and we can talk about sports on sports and sports, we had a, we had a podcast together that was heat with gas. Uh, we got a lot of cool. It was fun, man. It was fun, man. We had like a good we, time. we did, and we got a lot of cool people on there. Um, you know, some things in life just doesn't work out, but um, well, the pandemic screwed everything us. up for yeah, us, man. Like it, it screwed so many people. But um, you know, I with me kind of venturing off into into something else in my life and and kind of you know taking on a different role, I kind of want to um, still stay true to my roots, and I do want to kind of talk about um, some hockey here. And, and as much as, you know, my favorite, yeah, yeah as much as uh, sports in general, but as much as, you know, we are going to talk about sports, we are going to talk about other things. But the first thing I want to talk about is this. Um, let's talk about mainly the Leafs and the Caps because you're a huge. If anyone doesn't know, Ryan is actually not a Capitals fan. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> I might be uh, the fan club president yeah. unofficially. <laughs> Um, if you uh, are bored on a Friday night and the Capitals are playing, please tune into his Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I've toned it down quite a bit, but I used to get Dude, I, winning a Stanley Cup will tone you down. Oh yeah, but yeah. I used to be a little yeah hard let's, on. Let's start them. off. Is Ovechkin going to pass the the great one? I think he's got his mindset on it, and you know it. I think that guy would play with like fucking. Both his kidneys gone. He's a robot. It's, you know, I know that he has taken quite a bit of heat, you know, over the last year and rightfully so. I'm not a gigantic fan of some of his, you know, political affiliations. But but yeah, you know, like it's a strange country. I mean, you know, where you can look at that girl who just got arrested for. Yeah, there. And and I don't nine and a half years. I don't, yeah, Brittany Griner, uh, which is, you know, bizarre, and that's a whole other thing. But, you know, I don't think that people necessarily give Russian people in general a break because the government is not like the government here, you know. And it kind of irks me, you know, not to turn this into a political thing with him, but you have to talk about it with a guy like Ovi, right, because he is such a global superstar. He's one of the few guys in the NHL that is globally marketable because of who he is. And unfortunately, part of who he is is being affiliated with with Putin. And, um, you know, it irks me when people here complain about our government. And I'm like, you know, take a trip across the Atlantic and see how long you'd last. Screaming and yelling about how Vlad sucks and all that. 
you're going to get a black bag over your head and you will never be seen again. Like, and that's part of, part of the thing there. Like they, that government has their fingers in everyone's personal lives. His parents grew up, you know, being controlled by the government. They were both high level athletes. The government controlled all that. The old Soviet way. It hasn't really changed much on, on, under Vlad. And Ovi deserves his criticism because he doesn't really go out of his way to not advertise that he is chummy with the guy. That all said, I do think he will break the record because that's all there is left. And he, from day one, has wanted to be great. All everybody could talk about when he came into the league was Crosby. Crosby's the chosen one. He's had a pretty good career. Pretty They're good. both top five players of all time. All I, time. I'd argue anybody, you know, tonight. Who's your top that. five then? Uh, Gretz or Howe, those two. Um, and Maybe. I know that's tough to toss Mario out of there. We could argue the, the, the Rocket, you know, Wah, Sawchuck, you know, give yeah, the goalie you know some what? love. You gotta, you gotta They're top e five. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you got to even consider, like, Crosby missed a significant amount of time. He missed a year and a half, and he's, like, he would he would finish his career probably with 1,900, almost 2,000 points if he didn't miss that mm -hmm. amount of time. And he Stud. still got gas. Stud. The two of them are studs. They like they those two guys saved the NHL. Like really, when you yeah. think about it, a year they're the only sports league that's ever lost a full season in North America to a lockout. <laughs> and and, and, and those guys way. walked in and absolutely lit the sport on fire. The NHL would not be where they are today without both of those guys. I do think he'll break as a goalie, uh, growing up and everything like that. Um, I love the Samsonov deal for the Leafs. Do you? Good for you. And listen to this. This is why <laughs> that guy. Tell me about it. That guy was he was the next goalie for Washington. I remember oh. growing up, and he was a first round pick. Yeah, he was twenty second overall. Pick. Now listen, goalies bloom late. They bloom late. I always felt as a goaltender, and I'm sure many other goalies can attest to this, when you get into a league, it's very intimidating, and it takes like 5, 10, maybe even half a season to finally find your stride. I wouldn't say Samsonov came in at a time where he could have those back-to-backs. He could have those, you know, runs. You know, he was kind of dealing with Holpe. Holpe was a beast at one point. He was my favorite goalie. Of, like, I love that like, guy, Whoa. yeah. He's going he's gonna to have to retire. And then – uh, Vanatek, you know, he came in and stole the show, right? And Samsonov's always been in the for shadow. little bits, and, and yeah, for a little. I find him very inconsistent, but they uh, both are though. That's the problem. That's yeah. why they're both not in Washington, and and that's why I think when Washington didn't send Samsonov that qualifying offer, I found he even said it online. You know, he thought it as a kind of like a fuck you, right? They drafted him first over first overall first round. Yeah, they didn't really give him the time of day. I would say, and now he's kind of on a bridge deal where it's like, man, if you don't perform this year, I bet you if he doesn't perform this year, he's back to the KHL. He that that will probably be his only option. I'll let me spell out what's wrong with Ilya Samsonov, and I'm not a goaltending expert, but. You know, I, I've seen guys have success, and when you compare his career 
to a guy like Braden Holpe, who had no hype at all when he was drafted. He was a fourth-round pick. you got to love those stories, though. Yeah, it, it's an incredible story. He's a kid from Nowheresville, Saskatchewan. His dad was a goalie, played for the Saskatoon Blades. He got to play for the Blades and then thought, this might be as good as it gets. Yeah. And he, he played well enough on a late playoff run for them where he got drafted. And showed up on the scene. And, and keep in mind, like the only reason that Holtby even became a thing was because three of Washington's goalies were hurt in that first playoff Ooh. run when he showed up. Ooh. Well, that year they signed Thomas Vokun as a free agent and he blew his hip out. Was Michael Neuverth blew his back out. And I can't remember who the third goalie was for the life of me. But they got hurt too. It wasn't that Russian psychopath Bruce Galov, was it? No, no, no. It wasn't Briz. Although there was a rumor that Washington looked at signing him when Philly did, and I'm glad they didn't. So then Holpe shows up because there was nobody like next in line. And oh, he's having a really gonna, good season for the Bears. Off. Who was it? I can't remember. Damn. But it actually might have just been the two of them, and Holpe was the third guy. Regardless, though, like he, he gets an opportunity because no one's left, you know? And he goes in there and turns into a really consistent goalie. He won a Vesna. He won a cup. Remember that save? Dude, I'll never forget the save. I'm going to play that right now. How can I forget the save, dude? It's. I remember watching it and I was just like, oh my. I was almost in tears. I was like, because that whole run where they finally won. You know, that play all the way through their, you know, journey there, that was typically a play where that puck would always go in. 100%. They always got the bad bounce. They never, ever could figure out how to just get over the hump. And he made that save. And keep in mind, that's game two. They lost game one, barely. And if that puck goes in, it's tied. They go to overtime. Who knows what happens? When he made that save, I remember looking at my girlfriend and going, they're winning now. They're, they're going to go all the way. And, like, they're in the cup final. I feel like the Leafs need that bounce. They, need, they really do. And I've said this to you before, dude. Um, you know, and I say it to our buddy Clarky all the time. I see so many similarities between the two. Generational young superstar, you know, team with loads of offensive talent, led by an insane goal scorer. It was Ovi for the Caps. It's Matthews, Matthews now for the Leafs. You know, I see a lot you of similarities. You got that Backstrom with Marner. Yeah. Kucherov, or Kucherov, uh, Kuznetsov with yeah, Kuznetsov, Nylander. Nylander. A lot of similarities yeah. there. Um, Riley, Carlson. Holy shit, they're very similar. Super, super similar. Wow. Super similar. Wow. Um, you know, you, the problem that you're going to encounter with Samsonov is that he came in and every time they gave him an opportunity to take the ball and run with it, he faltered. He's not consistent with his work ethic. I don't ever think that he's in peak shape. The bubble happens with the whole COVID thing. And bef and two weeks before they all go to Toronto and Edmonton, he crashes his ATV back home, being an idiot. So here, and here's the thing. And you can watch tape on him, Brock, and put some of it on this video if you want, and people can be the judge. He has no idea where he is in his crease. His angles are terrible. Athletically and 
in terms of making unbelievable acrobatic saves, one of the best in the NHL. He can make saves that make your jaw drop, but he relies on doing that all of the time. He's not quiet. When I watch Carey Price play, quiet. Economical movement. Holpe, when he was at his best. Mitch Korn was his goalie coach, like the greatest goalie coach of all time. Quiet. Settled him down. I really feel like Washington burned out their prospect when they let Barry Trotz go for whatever reason because they had to give the money to the basketball coach instead. That's worked out really well for the Wizards. But when Trotz left, Mitch Korn went with him because Mitch and Barry are, are boys. And and what Mitch Korn did with Braden Holpe, he could have done with Samsonov. Sam and you can see it. It's just broken. His last opportunity... He needs the right goalie coach to get the light bulb to come on. Don't you feel... And change the way he plays. Don't you or he will be in Russia. Don't you feel that that's kind of like the, the Toronto market, sports market kind of theme, though? Like, you see the Toronto Blue Jays doing it with bringing in Kikuchi, <laughs> right? Uh, Who's a decent pitcher, has been a decent pitcher, and it hasn't worked out. You see it with Hinjin Ryu. Not really. To lately. be fair, Ryu did finish third in Cy Young voting his first Stud year. Stud in a LA. Freak. Yeah. Stud. But his I arm's feel, falling off. And He's old. even with Matt Murray, even with Jack Campbell, they bring mm. in all these people. They bring in these athletes that have a good track record, that have a decent track record, and be like, okay, you know what? We can critique this and make you better with this. We can give you more of this. And I feel like that's kind of like the Toronto – Toronto way of things. Don't you don't you kind of see what I'm talking about here? I think they're trying to make it that way because it never used to be that way. It used to be Toronto would have a, a decent player in, you know, pick the sport. And then they'd leave Toronto and all of a sudden turn into a really, really good player. You know, and, and that was a thing that used to annoy, I, you know, Clarky, our, you know, my buddy on my the co-host on my show always calls Plug it. Plug that. Uh, what is it? Plug it. It's called instigating with Clarky and Drury, where it's a lot of this. Although Clarky and I get pretty heated, that's why we call <laughs> it instigating. Um, he likes to refer to it as the Larry Murphy complex. Okay. Because okay. of course, Larry Murphy famously he was a he's a Hall of Fame defenseman. Yeah. He came to Toronto. It really didn't work out. They kind of made him the whipping boy. He didn't really fit in with the makeup of that team, the Lunch Pail Gang Maple Leafs. And then he left and went to Detroit and, of course, famously won a cup and said on air, gang. you know, this is for everybody back in Toronto. And, you know, we just saw Nazem Kadri do the same thing, essentially. I think now they are trying to turn that on its head, though, where you have seen them take guys and, and make really useful players out of them where – like Jack Campbell's a great example. They took that guy off the scrap heap. Mm -hmm. He started to kind of revive his career a little bit in LA, but he was a backup. Like he's not going to take out Jonathan Quick. He's he's the guy. Potentially is a Hall of Famer. I uh, he's a Hall of Famer for me. Yeah. And they they bring him in on a nothing deal to back up Fred Anderson, and he ends up taking the reins and played for you know really well for good chunks. He had a tough you got five end by of the five, year. Man. Hey, you got five by five, and I bet he does really well in Edmonton too. Um, 
It's going to be weird seeing him in Edmonton jersey. It will. It, it will because I, I thought that the Leafs would do something to keep him. And now they're taking this gamble with two guys oh. that are very different. Sam Sonov has all the talent in the world. It's just can, um, I believe Steve Briere is the goalie coach there now, uh, or was. It, whoever it is that's going to be their goalie coach, can he get Sam Sonov to essentially calm down? And realize I don't need to explode across the crease every time and put myself out of position. I can rely on my instincts and just make a quiet save and swallow it into my chest protector. I don't need to flail around and make a spectacular glove save. And with Matt Murray, really what it boils down to him is can he be healthy? And two, when he is healthy, can they get him to get out of his own way because you know you win two stanley cups that's a career anybody would like to you know rest their laurels on the guy's still young he's young enough that if he can stay healthy can be a really good goaltender for a long time still can he mentally reset himself which he did for a little stretch in ottawa there and that's saying something because that team was a gas can yep. defensively. Yep. He had a 10-game stretch where he had a 941 save percentage last year. Can they unlock that again? Because at every level, he's been a really good goalie. Yeah. Not spectacular, but really good. He's been you don't a winning need goalie. to be spectacular. Yeah, he has been a winning goalie. You don't need to be spectacular. You don't need Martin Brodeur to win a Stanley Cup. Ask the Chicago Blackhawks about Anti Niemi in 2010. Ooh. Now that's no disrespect, but Niemi got hot. Yeah, you anybody can do that. Yeah, you never Anti know. Anti Niemi, where's he at? Oh yeah. So they've got a guy that I feel has a lot more talent and pedigree than Anti Niemi ever had. Yeah. Will it all work out? We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. I feel like um, you know. <sighs> On paper, I don't think the Leafs look as well as they did last year going into playoff or going into the regular season. I don't love their defense. Uh, yeah, you know what? I still think they. I still think there needs to be moves that have be. They, they they need to just shake up something. They need to shake up something, and the goaltending isn't the problem. And for the first, I don't time, think it is either. I, the first time, when was the last time you said that though? You know what I mean? Like, when was the last time you said, okay, you know what? The goaltending isn't the problem in Until Toronto. Freddie Anderson showed up, it was always a problem. It was always a problem. Then for, you know, Freddie, excuse me, Jack, now Matt and uh, Ilya, I, I'm, we're content with it. We're content with it. We're, we're you not, might be one of the few Lee fans I've heard say that. Well, what the fuck else am I supposed to say? Like, these guys are lunatic. Like, these guys are going to like show up and I, shoot the I bed. like that you're taking I, the I, optimist view. Yeah, you have to. You, you just you have to because like well, you said Well, the team's still really good. You have to see, they have to just get over a hump. The hump is the first round. That's it. Yeah. The hump is the first round. And with, that's the difference between the two, right? Like yeah. the Caps it was always like they they hit the second round a few times. Yeah. Pittsburgh and the Rangers. Yeah. Mostly Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like, there was that dragon. If you're They'll true, never beat Crosby. If, and then they did. If you're a true hockey fan, you got to look at who Toronto lost to as well. Boston Bruins, did they win the cup after they put Leafs out? I think so. No. 2015? So in, in, 20, in 2013, when the whole James Reimer debacle happened with the overtime game, I'll they never lost forget this. in the Listen cup final. Listen to this. Listen to this. So just story time. So 
I am like. Is this when you were watching it with your dad? Oh, fuck. I've heard this story. Oh, my God. So the Leafs are, I think it's like 4 3. It's 4. Well, it was 4 1 in the third period. 4 1 in the. Yes, 4 1 in the third period. My dad comes in. Kadri just scored. We're going to the next round. We're going. I'm like fucking 13 years old. I'm like, yeah, we're going. We're, we're going. He shuts the door. He leaves because we're just watching. I'm just watching with my bro in, in our room. Ten minutes later, 4-4 four, four, comes in. I already know what's happening. Good night. Went, went straight went to, to bed. bed. Just destroyed. Done. Bergeron in overtime. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'll never forget James Reimer just head over. But like, I know what you're saying. And, so and, so yeah. then they get eliminated by the Caps that first year. And pushed the Caps pretty hard. They were a young team that had made the playoffs for the first time in a while. Game seven, game six, six. Marcus Johansson in overtime. That's actually how I'm. That's how I met my girlfriend. Yeah, he's bounced around and now he's back in Washington. Keeping on Washington. Um, But then they lost to the Bruins and everything, and I and I get it. But eventually, now, like to your point of, oh, you got to look at who they lost to. I really don't care anymore. Eventually, you're, you're going to have to beat really good teams to get to a cup final. And when you invest this much in a core of guys that are making more money than any other core of players in the league, eventually, and I think a lot of Leafs Nation is at this point, eventually, I don't care who they lost to. Like, oh, they. The one thing that, if I was a Leaf fan, would have driven me up the ceiling. Um, if my coach had said this, was when Keith said when they lost in Game 7, I feel like we got a lot more respect in the handshake line this year. It's like, but you're in the handshake line. If you're Kyle Dubas right now, you're sitting, having a beer, you're just, okay, here comes the season, I need to make some moves, trade moves, what are you doing? Well, they're going to have to trade Jake Muzzin. They, unfortunately, and I, I like Jake. Think, yeah, it's pan, it just it hasn't. He can't out. stay healthy, and that's five point six five million or five point five whatever one. Um, you know, and they they don't have the room right now to sign Rasmus Sandin. I think Muzzin will will get moved. Maybe they have to retain a bit to get him out of there. Kerfoot, I think they'd like to find a way to keep for he the year. He had a year. good season. He did have a good season, and I don't really know that they need him. So if it's a money thing, one of those two guys for sure is going. I think they'd prefer that it was Muzzin simply for money and probably a body back that can play in the bottom six, preferably with a little bit of speed to try and replicate what Ilya Mikheyev did. Um but again, like with the Leafs, we're talking about because when you say, "Oh, what would you do?" I think a lot of fans' answers would be, "Well, they got to trade Mitch Marner." They got to trade well, one of the big four. Well, let me tell you very plainly what I think of that. I think Mitch Marner is a really, really good hockey player, and that if they traded him. They're not going to get anything back that's going to replicate what he's able to do on the ice, particularly with Matthews. And now you risk pissing off your best player. Imagine, and I heard people doing it. Imagine, you know, five years ago, it's 2017. The Caps just lost again to the Penguins in the second round. 
back-to-back cup champions. Hate those guys. I can't believe they did it to us again. Imagine the Capitals went, we're trading Nick Backstrom. It's a great point. What what is Al, what is Alex Ovechkin supposed to think of that? He's, he's my guy. That we're in commercials together, slurping cereal. Yeah. That's my guy. <laughs> you you can't do that to me, right? And so it's not only on the ice too. Like they they're are, boys, man. They're boys off the ice. When boys you get the to ice. the hardest thing to do in sports is to find elite talent that can carry your franchise for a long time. Yeah. It doesn't matter what sport we're talking about. So to just go, well, we still haven't won, so we got to get rid of him. I completely disagree with that. He's not going to go anywhere. Matthews wants him there, and if, if they want to keep Matthews in Toronto, which I think he will, don't trade that guy. William Nylander is on a really good contract. I think he'll score 40 one year. He has the skill to do it. Remember when everyone was blowing shit? They were like, oh my God, I can't believe we just signed this guy to this much money, this much year. Dude, he has... Been- At the time, the criticism was warranted, but he has, for largely the most part, made very good on that deal. And again, I think he can score 40. I, I, really, I really think that if the light bulb goes on 85% of the time, He'll be a 90-point, 40-goal score. John Tavares, for for all of the you know shit-kicking that that guy takes, he makes too much money. I do think he makes too much money, but he's making the money. He's here. He's not going anywhere. Nobody is taking that salary. Why would you want to try John Tavares, too? You, know what you I mean? signed him for a reason. They signed him for a freaking reason. So we can talk about all this, well, oh, they need to trade one of the big four. I don't know about that. And so outside of that, they just need to wiggle money around and try and go at it again. Because at the end of the day, you need to just get your bottom six guys and your decor to click and get a goalie who can just make the save most of the time. And for a team with that much talent that can score goals seemingly at will, you just need a guy to be solid. For sure. You don't need Marty Brodeur. You just need somebody to be solid. And I think that's kind of the way they're looking at it. Well, obviously, right? And yes, things will eventually have to shake loose if they keep losing in the first round. But I think eventually they will break through. And I feel like it'll be a similar thing to the Caps. For sure. When when it does open, it won't be a small leak. The levy will break. And yeah. they'll go, oh, let's go. Yeah. Once they I get to the first round... I'll, I'll say it right now. They're going to win the first round next year, and they're going to go to at least the conference final. You heard it here first. That's I, I really feel like that is the type of break weight that they need, and it'll be off the back of those four guys. And Riley. Riley's part of that, too. That's how I feel. Where do you... Uh... No, let's switch gears. So media. You've always been involved in media? Pretty much. I mean... Ever since college. <laughs> what did you take in college? I, I took broadcast television at Conestoga. Now, I know the, the program has changed a lot, and it's not even called the same thing. I think it's literally called, like, broadcast media because, like, media's changed so much. But that's what I took, and it was always what I wanted to do. You know, I I guess I'm fortunate in that sense where I don't know what it was just about loving sports, being exposed to it so much. 
where I wasn't really a kid at like eight or nine that was like, oh, maybe I'll be a firefighter or something. <laughs> and that's great if you yeah, want to be yeah, a firefighter, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? I knew from a young age, I want to do the, be involved in sports. I want to do the voice on hockey. Yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. Are you talking like hockey, hockey night in Canada? Yeah. Cause that's all that was on in our house was hockey night in Canada. And I was like, I want to be the guy that's doing the talking, you know, like I want to call goals. I used to sit in my bedroom when I was like nine years old and play like NHL one. And I would turn the in-game commentary off and I would call the game as I played it. Look at that. Like my you would mom. Play it? Yeah, I would play and be doing plays, and I knew all the players because I played the game yeah. so much. And I would just call it. And my mom <laughs> has like footage of me. They used to like open my door and, and film me like without me knowing. And like, look at this idiot. Like, yeah, he scores. Yeah. And hey, like you have. Like I said off the top, like you have a have started and have continued to have a great reputation. Reputation, rep, it's been a long day. Um, reputation in the sports world, and you started to call some OHL games more consistently. Would you say? Yeah, last year. Like last I, season, every time I went on Twitter, it seemed like last season, like you, you. Were, I made you some were appearances. Call, you, yeah. you were making some calls, man. It was a lot of fun. There was a, there was a game. Uh, I can't remember. It was in Guelph, and I can't remember his name either. Uh, I'm not that in tune with the OHL anymore, but you made a call. I think it was in OT. Uh, my favorite. Yeah. My favorite kind. Yeah. Yeah. There have been a f- there were a few of those, luckily, because Guelph – So had- do you go on the road with them? No. The, the, the television – like last year was my first full year with Rogers Guelph Storm Hockey. I'll be back this year. Um and uh, basically in the OHL, the TV crews don't go on the road. Okay. We only do home games. The radio guys for every team will go on the road because it's just so much easier yeah. to have a radio crew uh, move their equipment around. So you're, you're just getting home broadcasts in the OHL. It's not obviously, you know, the same kind of budget level as, as the NHL. Yeah. So we're just doing home games, but it's great. And, and in my opinion – because I've, I've gotten the opportunity to call games in a few OHL rinks. Uh, Guelph has the best broadcast booth. Okay, It's okay. such a great spot in View. the Sleeman Center. View's perfect. The building's not very big. You're you're like right, right on top it. of the ice. So what? take us through a day, like a game day. You get all your stats ready. You get all game like your day, facts ready. Generally, you know, Friday night, 7.30, puck drop. I'm leaving my house at 4 to get to Sleeman Center for about 5. Go down, talk to the producer, our producer, Neil. He's the best. Super easy to work for. He just makes it all smooth. We show up, and he basically, uh, you know, leading into the game the day before, I will pick the players to watch. We always have one from each team. So I'll email everybody and say, we're going to watch this guy from Sarnia. We'll pick this guy from Guelph. That'll be who our host does the intermission interviews with, the players to watch. Um, We'll talk about what we want to do in the opening. If there's an interesting stat or an interesting video clip from one of those players, um, something big happened in the hockey world, that sort of thing. We, We have a little production meeting for maybe 20 minutes 
on how each intermission is going to go. If there's a special guest in the building, you know, there's usually always NHL scouts there. I talked to Kyle Dubas last year for about 15 minutes. How's that? He's always floating around. That. Oh, super fun, man. Like, you know, George McPhee is there. Big guy. Kyle Dubas doesn't look like he, he can bet. He's shorter than me. But like he, but he looks like he's Bulky? in good shape. Yeah, does he? He looks like a stocky little guy. He's he, he, he's he, working out. Yeah, he eats his shreddies. He's working out. Okay, okay. So yeah, you know, if there's a special guest, we'll talk about that and you know interview them in one of the intermissions, and then pretty much from there on, my broadcast partner Steve and I will go uh, into the media room, grab a bite to eat, and uh, we'll get our stat. Good back. food. Yeah, they got great food yeah. at Sleeman Center. It's the best. They take yeah. really good care of us. Um. You know, Deb's in there making coffee for everybody. It's it's a really shout out Deb. Shout out Deb. It's a really good environment, and we just sit there, maybe have a muffin and uh, write. I'll just start because I'm usually doing color. I got to do play by play a lot, and and Steve's been good about letting me do play by play quite a bit. And uh, but if I'm on color, you got to have like all the information, right? So I'll get the stat pack. And I'll just start writing down notes. This player's on a 10-game point streak. But yeah. just so you can bust it out when your play-by-play oh, sure. is done talking, you better have something interesting to say. Yeah, as a kid growing up, even to this day, I love Buck Martinez. Buck's fantastic, oh, man. Like He's a GOAT. He is, he is legitimately a GOAT in broadcasting. Absolutely. I, I find, like, um, you know, maybe it's just, like, seasonal, but I find baseball because it's just such a long game, like – they spit out so many cool random facts throughout the ball games. They and have to. That's one of the coolest things I love about broadcasting is that you learn something every single time that you tune into it. You should. Like that as a broadcaster, that should be my goal. For sure. To teach you something, you know, particularly if you're the color guy. And baseball is an interesting dynamic because hockey, if you're doing play by play in hockey, you're not really saying much else. No. You're calling the action, and it's a mile a minute. There's no out of bounds. No, no. You're going. That, you know, in baseball, where there's so much time between game action, that's an interesting dynamic where, you know, Dan Shulman and Buck yeah. have some time to have a chat about, you know, and, and like those guys are so smart too. Like they remember stuff from like the 70s. So like, cool. Remember, remember this guy, and Buck yeah. played. You know, he was an original Blue Jay, and he'll be like, yeah, I remember when I was catching for this guy in 1979. There's so much more room, and you should be teaching people something. For sure. You know, that's the great part about what I get to do. Who is the coolest uh, person you've interviewed besides me? Besides you? You know what's super funny? Earlier today, uh, probably one of the favorite, my favorite. Well, you just I've said done. Kyle Dubas and, and McKee there. So well, like, yeah, George McKee. I wouldn't say okay. Doug Gilmore. Oh, um, you know, uh, earlier today, I one of my favorite interviews I've gotten to do. I talked with uh, Caleb Dahlgren of of the Humboldt Broncos. Okay, he he's like doing public speaking yeah. now. He obviously wrote that book, yeah, which is really I have good. the book. It's an incredible book. Yeah. He's an incredible person. Um, he's coming to Listowel on the 24th to to speak. And uh, obviously, I wanted to cover that for my show and the station. So I interviewed him today for like 25 minutes. Right on. And he was an incredible, concise person. Yeah. Like that guy knows who he is. Um, and he's just an incredibly kind soul. 
which is even more incredible given what he has been through. Yeah, for sure. Um, but guys like that, like just athletes, Jeff O'Neill, Brian Hayes from <laughs> Overdrive. Those who is, three hooligans, holy cow. Brian, Brian Hayes is the greatest sports talk show host of all time. Yeah. Oh, dog's got to lose some weight. I'll be the first one to say that. Guy's he's, lose some weight. You know what, man? He's trimmed down a lot. Yeah? Not too many hot dogs he's now? He's looking pretty good, <laughs> Hazy B. Yeah. But in in my opinion, and and he would never say that, but it's probably just a, a biased thing because he's of my time. I just think he's the best sports talk show host. Dude, I used favorite. to love playing with him on my PSPs, NHL 07, 08, sorry. Um, the G-Town boys know about this. Like, we would play our P, uh, PSPs on the road trips. And, bro, that Jeff O'Neill guy, like, he'd be on the wing, right-handed shot. You go around the circle every time. You go around the net. He had a great wrestler. You go far top left. Um, 41 goals, man. 41 goals, joke. man. No, no joke at all. It's not a joke. Um, yeah. So, um, you got into media. What has that led to you in, in your life? Like what, what doors has that opened? You, you've obviously met a lot of cool people. You've talked to a lot of unique bodies, a lot of unique people. Um, where do you see, where do you see yourself kind of trending here? Well, my my goal has always been to get to the NHL. And I don't really feel like stopping until I do that. And it's a great mindset to have. And I think that I think that, you know, being in the industry, the whole thing, like most things, is just networking and meeting those people and trying my best to make a good impression on them. Like like look at us here. Like we we've known each other for like seven, eight years now. And here we are, you know, chatting like we were hanging out yesterday. That's that's the biggest thing I've carried with me all the way through. And, you know, like my professor and, and my dad, too, used to always tell me, make sure you're good to people, you know, on the way up. It's like a, you know, a famous saying people say, and, it, and, and it's so true. It, it works outside of media. You know, like make make sure you're nice to people on the way up because you're gonna see them on the way down. Like, wow, you know, this cut it, clip it. This doesn't last forever, you know. Like, you know, unless unless you're the guys that are still doing it and have a long careers. My favorite play-by-play guy of all time is Rick Jenneret, and I'm so sad that he's actually finally retired. That guy has been the only voice of the Buffalo Sabers since the first day they existed. Do you think like if he was a, a shitty human being to everybody that he'd be at the that, place he is? And and keep in mind they've gone through what four different ownership groups now since they've existed. Yeah. Do you think that they would have let Rick as he got older too? Because the popular thing in media now is like as soon as someone starts to get too old, you're gone. That guy, they were just like, Rick, yeah, you coming back next year? Because of course they would, because Rick is an, a tremendous guy. Human being. Just be good to people and you're going to get opportunities. And like the only reason that I'm doing OHL games is because Steve Fitzsimmons believed in me as a broadcaster. I met him when I was young and raw and, you know, probably a little arrogant thinking like, I know I'm talented, <laughs> you know, which is a good thing to shake early because you can always learn. Um, I made an impression on that guy and he believed in me and gave me a shot. And he went to bat for me. And when when Bill Granger, who's one of the greatest 
OHL broadcasters of all time, announced he was retiring. Steve went to the people at Rogers and was like, I want Ryan as my new partner. Like, you got to hire him. Like, that guy went to bat for me. He didn't have to do that. I would like to think he did it because I try and be a good person to the people I meet. And, you know, that's got nothing to do with broadcasting. It's helping me with broadcasting. But no matter what I end up doing, dude, at the end of the day, like, and I do believe I can get to the NHL someday, the the one thing I would like for people to say about me when I'm gone is that he was a good dude. Not like he was such a good broadcaster or whatever, maybe after, but the first thing I would like for people to say is that guy was a good dude and he treated me well. That's all I really care about at the end of the day. That's all you, it's all you should care about. That's spot on, man. Spot, spot on. And you know, I can, I can speak for so many people in my life and, and people in, in different Areas of my life as well. You are one of the most genuine, nicest human beings I've ever met in my life. Vice versa, man. I, I feel the same way. Yeah. You should get some ring lights. I should get some. They're pretty cheap, man. Dude, you can like, get them off like Wish. For That's what I have. A $30 Wish light. Yeah. like Get I, a couple uh, and just. Yeah. You know what? I got to deck this place out uh, for the people that are going to tune in to these weekly. You'll sort it out. I'll sort it this out. Is the, this is the ground floor, I'll, man. Yeah. I'll get it going. Don't worry. Rome wasn't built in a like, day. Look at, look at this pillow. Look at this pillow that I had that I had to ditch because I didn't want to. Maybe I'll add this aesthetic. You know what, man? I Dude, Black Beauty. Huh? Let's go. What do you think? Thanks. Shout out, Mags. Little color. Yeah, little color. Fuck it. We'll keep it here. I don't mind it, man. Um, Giddy up. So you took... Yeah, you don't actually fuck that. Um, <laughs> it's an editing choice. Yeah. It's an editing choice. Um, so you mentioned your dad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he passed away 20... 2010. 2010. Summer of 2010. Um, how'd that hit you? You know, I, I, I don't know if you... Uh, you know, you've experienced one of my biggest fears in life. Yeah. And, and I just want to kind of tap in uh, to how, how you, one, felt, two, overcame it, and three, used it as something that you were like, okay, you know what? He's watching me every single day. He's got my back, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I told him I'm going to do. Yeah, you know, my dad um my dad was a special guy and I think that you know, I kind of took and inherited a lot of the best qualities that he had. You know, my dad took his own life when I was 19. It was, you know, so the you know, the first part of your question, it hit you know, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks it, cuz it's just such a you know, Everybody has a story, right? Everybody is going to experience tragedy in their life. It's, it's going to come for us all at some time. Um, but I just, I just feel like it's one of the worst ways to lose people, you know? And, and I felt at the time, you know, when I found out that, that he had taken his own life, that I just felt like in the years immediately after... I would always tell people like, you know, I wish my dad had have just like been sick or something because 
And I, and I feel bad saying that because there's a lot of people dealing with that with their family members, right? You know, but I just wish that I had time to see it coming where, you know, my dad got sick or something and I had a while to kind of come to grips with it. But that's not what happens when, you know, people commit suicide. They're, they're gone. And in a really, like, sharp way where it's it's just a lot that comes crashing down on you and you know like he was my best friend he he believed in me a lot he was the one that pushed me you know hard maybe too hard sometimes to pursue this because he thought that i had you know a chance to do something special and so i think that you know in the first few years after it happened you know, he died right before I was going to college. And I considered not going for a couple weeks. I was worried about my mom, my little brother. I was like, you know, here I am running oh, off on, to college. You have a little brother? I do. I have a little brother, yeah. Wow. He's three years younger than me. We're almost exactly the same. I need to meet this guy. He's a he's my he's my favorite person in the world. I I I count myself lucky that I have such a tight relationship with my brother. He called me on my way here. Like I talk to him every day. Um, he's a special kid. And without him and without my mom, I think that I probably wouldn't be here because after my dad died, like I saw a lot of similarities in, you know, between me and my dad, like I said, but at the, at the time, like I was struggling with him not being around you know, there were times where I considered whether I wanted to be around. And, you know, like that's a hard thing to kind of siphon through when you're changing, you know, so much of your life is changing when you're 18, 19, into your 20s. You're you're going to school or you're starting a job, you know, you're having to become an adult. And I had to become an adult like immediately. You know, it's a and, lot of pressure, and not have the guidance of somebody that I was really looking forward to, you know, using as a resource for like, how do I do this adult shit, Dad? You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. you know, God bless my mom. Like she, she really held it together for us. And you know, I was not doing well the first couple years. Like I struggled to kind of keep my head screwed on. How'd you get out of it? I, I wouldn't say how'd you get out of it, but how did you? How'd you pick yourself up? Because you I know, had to go to, I had to see a therapist, man. It's crucial. And I think, I think everybody I think should I, try it. Everyone should try it. And you know what? Or I, just find a way to open yourself up and let things out. Be vulnerable. Cause and my dad didn't do that. And I wish he had have said something to somebody. Just one thing. And you know, I, <clears throat> I, I've had, um, I've had to deal with some situations in my life where I should have went to someone a lot sooner than I should have. And I had some situations where I'm like, okay, you know what? I need to talk to someone, but I don't want to. And I feel like it's a pride thing. It's hard, man. It's very hard. But as soon as I did it, as soon as I talked to my first therapist, I felt so fucking good. It was like two and a half hours long. And I, I sat on her couch and I bawled. I yeah. Cried. 
But it, it's I a felt, powerful experience. I felt man. so good about it. And now. Well, they want to help you. They want to help me. But now, you know, that was three years ago. Now, I've talked to so many cool and unique people, therapists, um, you know, counsel everyone, you know, friends, families about most vulnerable shit that I would never, ever think I'm, I'm talking to. And it feels so good. And you touched on something, you know, you wish that it was, he got sick or you wish that you saw it coming. And the thing is, is that everyone has a breaking point. Yeah. Everyone has a breaking point, but that breaking point can be solved, not solved, but it can be avoided if you just have the courage and understanding that it's okay to talk and it's okay to show vulnerability. It's okay to show feelings. It's okay to showcase who you want to be. And I feel like doing this and having special people like you on here shows other people that, okay, you know what? These people are talking about it. Why the fuck can't I? That's kind of the point, isn't it? I mean, you know, I think some people, you know, when they hear people talk about mental health, you know, they hear people talk about the stigma of it. That's what it is. The stigma is my, you know, it can be different for a lot of people, but I think it generally boils down to, well, my problems don't feel big enough to unload on someone else. And that's a really dangerous way to think because it's not the right way to think. We're all going to experience life differently. Some people will experience something and it won't affect them. And other people can experience the same thing and it can floor them. There's no rule book for mental health and what constitutes as a struggle for you and a struggle for somebody else. You and I might experience something tomorrow that completely affects us in different ways. 100%. That's fine. But it doesn't make, because maybe I'm the one tomorrow that's really affected by it, it doesn't mean that it's less important because you're not. That your mental health is yours. It's it's your thing. It's part of your personality. It's part of who you are. And you shouldn't be ashamed of who you are. Not at all. You should be able to share that with people. And I'd encourage anybody that, you know, you know, is feeling, you know, trapped by, you know, feeling guilty about, oh, I, you know, my problems aren't big enough or whatever. They're as big as you want them to be. Go figure it out. Go like go get help. Don't don't sit and stew on it and let it ruin your life because, you know, like I, I really wish my dad was around, man. Like I'm doing a lot of cool things. You know, I'm a full-time OHL broadcaster now. Like I can see, I'm starting to kind of see the light at the end of that NHL goal tunnel. Like I'm, I'm, I'm calling games for the best junior hockey league on earth. I can see it. It's right there. I really wish dad was around to see this stuff, man. Like he's missed, he's missed out a lot of special stuff, you know, and it's a shame. And like, I feel like he's with me, but you know, selfishly, I wish he was with me. I'd love to have a beer with my dad and like talk about the game I just called. Like I would, I would, I would give up almost anything for five minutes of that. And that's, you know, been my message to people like, 
don't leave your loved ones and your friends wishing that they just had five more minutes when you can go get help. And people want to help you, man. That's the best part. Like and you, people want to help. It, you you nailed it. You know, I don't even know what to say. Like you're you're speaking to so many volumes. You're speaking to so many volumes, and you're speaking the truth. And it's important. It's man. very important. It's very important. We all deserve to be here. One hundred percent. You know, we were. On we this all earth deserve for, to be here. We were on this earth. We were put on this earth. Not put. We were. We were on this earth for a reason, and it's up to us to figure that reason out. It's going to be going up. It's going to be going low. And one of the best things my dad ever told me as a grown-ass kid, as a grown-ass kid, as a little kid and a grown-ass man now, never get too high, but never get too low. Stay even keel, calm, cool, and collected. And you know what? You have something going on, talk. If you don't want to talk, then you know what? Find a way. Journal. Talk to yourself. You know what I do sometimes? fucking turn video myself i just stared at the floor but i talk and i just say a bunch of shit and then a day later i delete it yeah get it out of your system it's a great thing to do say what you want to do and you know it, it it's 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 truly crucial and it's truly important that everyone knows that you are important to i don't care if you know you don't feel important i don't care because you are important. Everyone's important in this world. You're important to me. Everybody's my, important to somebody, man. Yeah, everyone's know? important to someone. And you know what? If you don't want to get help, then you got to find that extra gear in your life to get help. And you know what, Ryan? You're a fucking great guy. Fun to talk to. I appreciate you coming through. Um, any last words? Motivating? Anything you'd like to say? Plug? Um, anything that it's all yours. Well, I mean, if, if people for some reason want to see more of me, you can tune into the OHL action pack this year. Uh, I'll be back in Guelph calling storm games. How are they looking this year? Looking pretty good. I think, I think they could win the division. They had a really young team last year. Everybody had a young team last year Two almost two seasons worth of yeah. rookies. Literally. Now that you know, it's gonna be a jam-packed couple year in a couple years. It it is, and and I think I think that they're they're looking really strong. They've got a bunch of young guys that just got drafted: Danny Zilkin, Matt Poitra, you know, Sasha Pastajov, the Floridian Whoa, magician. Say that again, Sasha Pastajov. Yeah, really interesting kid, man. You know, we talk about like wow, interesting Sasha stories. Sasha Pastajov. Say that ten times. Sasha Pastajov. He's American. He's born in really? Florida. Sounds like he's Russian. His dad is Russian. Okay, His dad is. came over here in the 80s to work with uh, the Ringling Brothers Circus. He was a translator because they had a ton of European what? performers, right? So his dad comes over here, escapes the Soviet Union, comes here and starts working for Ringling Brothers Circus, meets the Pastajov's mom. She was a performer. I think she was a trapeze artist. Bro, you're saying words that I don't even understand they hook, right They now. hook up, have three sons. They all play hockey. Sasha's brother Mike is at Umich right now in the NCAA. And the the oldest University one, of Michigan? University of Michigan playing for the Wolverines. What? The, the? The, the middle one, I can't remember where he's playing. 
He might be in the USHL. Sasha comes up through the U.S. National Team Development Program, gets drafted to Guelph, shows up. Uh, the year he spent at the USNT uh, DP got him drafted to Anaheim. He's the third-round pick of the Ducks. Shows up in Guelph, and the kid's a rock star. He scored a hat trick his first home game. Oh, I think he has... might score. I think he might score fifty this 50? year. He's a freak. He's that type of he's, player. He's all flash and dash. The kid just loves Does to dangle. Does he have flop or what? What's that? Does he have flop? No, like he. He's a guy that I think like his the biggest thing with him is like he's gonna no, have to no, learn. No, I mean, does he have flop in the skates? Uh, no, he keeps it pretty high and okay, tight actually. Okay, yeah, but he yeah. no, I no, he he went third round to Anaheim. Like Anaheim's gonna be a fucking wagon. I think years. they'll be there. So yeah, Guelph's really good. Um, you know those guys are gonna be rocking and rolling. Um, and they're just a lot of fun to watch. That overtime clip you saw, yeah. it was probably past yeah. the job scoring yeah. in overtime. Probably against Sarnia. That yeah. was a good one. So, yeah, you can check me out there. My show with Chris Clark, who is a longtime media director Clarky. with Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. He was one of the guys that launched Leafs TV. He was the head producer there. He actually hired Steve Dangle. He gave Steve Dangle his first job. Dude, I'm a big fan of Dangle. Da Dangle references Clarkie in his book. Um, Steve Dangle has a book. Yeah, Dangle wrote a book. This team is ruining my life. Shut up. Yeah, dude. How do you I not know this? Yeah. Get his book, dude. He's bro, been on my dude, show. I know, I, I know, but like I'm just more entertained by his TikToks and him yelling into a camera. Well, you know what you should do? You should download the audiobook. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say he unless recorded that book the audiobook. audiobook that I can hear him yelling in. It's on sale right now, dude. Okay. Get the audiobook. Okay. It's very entertaining okay. as Steve is. But yeah, Clarkie and I, we host a show called Instigating with Clarkie and Drury. It's on Whiteman TV, it's on YouTube, it's super easy to find. Mm -hmm. We just got on Instagram. We do shows every week. Um, it's a lot of fun. And then, yeah, if you're if you're in the Midwestern Ontario area, you can hear me reading news and calling hockey games on, on CKNX. So that's a man. That's where Ryan, to find me. I appreciate it. Seriously. I appreciate you, guy. Like it's, it's been a lot of fun. I haven't seen you in a while. You look good. Thanks, bro. And this has been a lot of fun, man. Oh, I, yeah. I support you. Whatever whatever you want to do and whatever I can do to help you out, I'm, I'm always down. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, everyone, thanks for watching. Um, I'm just going to leave you with one thing right now. It is five minutes to 11. Um, I've been up since 6 a.m. grinding. It's five minutes to 11 on a Friday night. Um, if you want to get to where you want to get in life, you got to put the fucking effort in. And you got to sacrifice the Fridays, the Saturdays, the Mondays, the Tuesdays, the sleep, the food, the work. You got to do it all. And the Friday nights I've missed. And the Friday nights we've missed. Wouldn't have it any other way. But I would love to have another Friday night in the listing map. But right now, sacrifice for what you want. And, you know, right now I can, I can rip out so many scenarios where I could be, but I would never – want to change anything where I am right now, putting in that work, putting in that grind on a Friday night with my good friend, Ryan. I appreciate all you. Um, like I said, for the 14th time, please like subscribe, share comment, whatever the hell you want to do. Don't be squid. Um, this is, this is something that I want to do and we're going to keep on rocking it. Ryan, you're a man. Thanks guy. Appreciate it. We we're not done yet. Who's going to finish higher in the standings? Leafs, caps. Who's going longer? <laughs> I th I think the Leafs will finish higher in the standings. 
And I, I think they'll probably go further than the Caps, although I think maybe they meet in the Eastern Conference Final. Shut up. Wouldn't that be something? I would, I would, I want to say bring like, twenty sixteen back. Yeah, I want to say like you want to link up and watch those games together. But I Ov don't. versus Matthews. I feel like you're the type of guy that yells at the TV. I used to pretty aggressively, but I've I again you're the type hey, of guy that when would you go up to him and just listen, man. Pointing. When you do this and you and yeah, you, and you you win a Stanley Cup, it calms you down. <laughs> it's the cure for all ills. Okay, so what he's saying is Toronto's the best hockey team in the world, and mm. Cap suck. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Appreciate you, bro.